When I last left you, of course, was the final week of June. And we were discussing whether or not Bob and Brad and and Duchesne and all the jacket pieces would stay with the team. Boy, howdy, has times changed as July 1st has come and passed. And we have a new Blue Jacket team among us. We have hit the halfway point in the MLB and International League baseball season. We'll talk about, you'll hear my opinion tonight on certain things. As well as where I see both the Tigers and Indians going. And my surprise for the second half of this season. you want to stick around and get a piece of paper for this one. The Women's World Cup has come and passed, and the United States of America shines through and wins the World Cup. We'll talk about that, as well as the men falling short over Mexico. Bowling Green is tops in something for the first time in over 20 seasons. We'll talk about that. And the ladies have taken over Toledo as the Marathon Classic comes to Highland Meadows once again. We have a full week of shows. Looking forward to doing these shows with you and a special guest this upcoming week. All this and more on this edition of All Andy Alfred. Guess who's back? All Andy Alfred. 24 runs in the span. We're going to get shut out. Gambino! Hit to a home run. Yes, me. 2-2. It's time for All Andy Alfred. And with that, I say, Oh, I love you guys. And welcome into another edition of All Andy Alfred right here on your exclusive home for me, the Anchor Network. And that is on the plethora of platforms, whether it be on Apple Music and iTunes. Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podcasts Now. We're also on so many different platforms. However, you are listening to us. And wherever you're listening to us and whenever you're listening to us, thank you so much for tuning into the program today. And you can always be a part of the show by following us on Twitter. It is at AllAndyAlfred. It is at AllAndyAlfred. So welcome in. Got a lot to get into, of course. We were planning on doing the show up in Frankenmuth a couple weeks ago. And, of course, it didn't really work out. The logistics didn't work out for us. Um, I do want to share some uh, story about that later on in the program tonight. Um, George, we get to the end of the program. We'll talk about a little bit about that. And then, of course, the following week was the holiday week. Usually we do a show on the 4th of July. So for those people that missed the show that – since I didn't do a show during the 4th of July week, I'll say it for you guys. It's a tradition unlike any other. I say, Happy Birthday, America! Oh, I love you guys! And welcome in, like I said, to another edition of All Andy Alfred. And um, so we are in the biggest sports week in Ohio and in the Northeast and Northwest Ohio area. 
Lots to get into tonight, of course. We're going to talk about what's happening in Cleveland these next few days with the MLB All-Star Game taking place, the Home Run Derby. We're taping the podcast today. Before the Home Run Derby contest, you'll hear my prediction on who I think is going to win the Home Run Derby contest. Also, the All-Star Game itself is tomorrow at Progressive Field. And looking forward to seeing... uh, the big name stars in action. Of course, Bryce Harper's not playing. But seeing Mike Trout, seeing Cody Bellinger, seeing Clayton Kershaw, seeing a lot of these guys, seeing Michael Brantley coming back to Cleveland as the home team guy, that was going to be something else to see as well. We have all that. Plus, starting Thursday all the way to Sunday here in Toledo, oh, in the Northwest Ohio area, it is a tradition Unlike any other, it is the Marathon Classic. The LPGA comes to Highland Meadows Golf Course. And we're going to preview this tournament in this show as well as on on Thursday's show. You'll hear the first round action as well too. And uh, we will be on the course on Friday and Saturday. Friday, the big day, cut day. It will see who's going to be there for the weekend. You'll hear my prediction also on Thursday. We're having another show Thursday for this podcast. So a lot of shows this week. We have four shows in total this week. We have tonight. We have a show Thursday. We'll have a show Friday. And we will also have a show on Sunday to recap the Marathon Classic and to celebrate the charities that are going to receive some of the money from you going out and purchasing the tickets 100% of the proceeds by purchasing tickets at your local Kroger stores or online goes to to child's charities as well as many other charities that desperately need the money. Um, The best bet to get tickets is through Kroger. They do two-for-one weekly grounds tickets that get you in for the full weekend. It's $60.00. But think about this. You'll get a buy one get buy one get one weekly grounds tickets plus you get a free parking voucher which saves you $10 right there. So if you go 2 days it kind of pays for itself after if you go 2 days of the tournament. But of course, we need to not ho- talk about the golf course just quite yet. We don't need to talk about the diamond just yet. We have a situation happening in Columbus when I last left you And we're going to get into that right now. I'm telling you, folks, let's talk about the Jackets. I'm telling you. To be honest with you guys, I don't see this team making the playoffs this year. I really don't. I really, really don't. And it's sad to say this. You're three out of the four core group of guys. Three out of the four crew guys that you that help this team propel, especially one in particular. Is gone. Let's start right off the bat. Jackets. On July first, uh, excuse me, on the thirtieth of June, offered Artemi Panarin a last-minute deal to sign with the Jackets. He turned it down, and so July first comes, and we all knew what was going to happen. Of course, it happened 
really early in the year, or early in the in the trade deadline, Matt Duchesne signs with the Nashville Predators a four-year deal. And I kind of figured that Duchesne was going to sign with them once they got rid of um, once they got rid of Subban. And Subban then gets moved to New Jersey, which was a kind of a shock on on my part, but. Matt Duchesne is a great player for, for was a great player for the Jackets. Um, Columbus did offer him a deal, but he did not like what he saw, so he is now a Nashville Predator. The big one, the big two big guys that the Jackets needed to sign. One was Artemi Panarin, the Breadman, of course. The Breadman signs with the New York Rangers. I tell you. The bright lights in New York are really going to help him out with his game and everything like that. And you know, in the in the group that New York has, young group of talented kids that they have, with I like to see Panarin on the line with Kako Kako. That would be kind of awesome to see as the fast paced line. So the bread signs with New York, and then he's the thing with me with Artemi really pissed me off. Was the whole situation what he said to the New York the um, New York media about Columbus? And I'll read you the quote. I will. I I couldn't believe what I was reading. He he said in quote, "If I went to if I was going to stay in Columbus, if I was going to stay in Columbus." It'd be the same as me, pardon my language, crapping on my hand and clapping with it. I told you folks, he is not, he was not worth it. He was not worth it, folks. He was not worth it. And I, and to you people that say he was, oh, we needed to sign a Chemi Panarin. He's the, he's the best player out there. You know, he helped the team propel and everything like that. No, you let the best player, he said, rather, he said it this way, he, from the New York media, when asked about the offer he received to Ohio, which was the franchise highest, he pulled away, and he, pull, he didn't pull any punches. And he said, i rather shit on my hand and clap. Looked it up. Looked it up, my friends. The schedule came out for the Jackets. And And the schedule... Remember this date, folks. December 6, 2019. That is the first time the New York Rangers come into into Nationwide Arena. I want to see signs. I want to see placards. I want to see his face as a crybaby. I want to see... I am followed him on my social media. I am followed his dog. I am followed his girlfriend. I am followed every bit of him because that is not 
the player I want representing my team. I do not want a guy who thinks that Columbus is an absolute, pardon my language, shit show of a franchise. This organization, and I bear, I know you got traded over from Brandon Saad to come over and play. You wanted to stay in Chicago with your buddy Patrick Raping Kane. You wanted to stay there. And you got traded. Because Saad didn't want to be a jacket anymore. We give you a two-year extension on your contract. You perform fantastic with. And you then we offer you the biggest contract in Columbus Blue Jacket hockey history. 11-year, $187 million over 11 years. That's a lot of money. And then you say this comment. I have no doubt, no doubt in my mind that you, you sir, are the worst human being I have ever met in my entire life. LeBron, you know, he's up there now. Panarin is now number one. LeBron's number two. That's that's for real. So the bright goes to New York. And so we knew what was going to happen next. Sergei Bobrovsky, who I kept telling you and telling you and telling you and telling you that the Jackets needed to sign. He is your franchise player. He is your franchise guy. And they don't sign him. And he goes to Florida. Three out of the four big pieces for the Jackets. Gone. Dezingle is still available. He's still a free agent. I got... And I've got some news to pass along on this front, too. Warinsky's up, also a free agent as well, too. Zach Warinsky is a free agent. Why haven't we signed him? Why haven't we signed him? And I'll go back to Bob. I knew he was going to go to Florida after Roberto Luongo announced his retirement, Florida needs a goaltender right now. They absolutely need a goaltender right now. And the guy that they got got was Bobrovsky was open up on the table. They went hard for him, and they got him. So Bobrovsky's gone. Duchesne's gone. Panarin's gone. In the trade deadline, too, we got Keith Kincaid, the backup gold, the third backup goaltender. Now you figured he might stay with Columbus because he he'll get a number chance, another chance. No, Columbus never offered him anything. He signs with the Montreal Canadiens. Okay, Mark Letestu who was basically playing down in 
Cleveland most of the year, was bouncing around between Cleveland and Columbus. He's gone. He signed with Winnipeg. Adam McQuaid is still available. Tommy Cross, a good, good player for the Jackets, gone to Florida. We do have some positives out of this. Ryan Murray signs a two-year extension. Scott Harrington signs a three-year contract with the Jackets. So we got two good defensemen. We still have Jones, but Warinsky's still available. Corpusalo signs only a one-year deal. Corpy's the number one now, folks. We have to accept that fact. The Jackets' number one goaltender is Jonas Corpusalo. The backup, it's going to be this kid out of, out of, out of, out of the Swiss League. That's going to be good. That's supposed to be good. And I don't know if he's good. He has never stepped foot on an NHL surface. He has never faced NHL players. I hope Torch drives them down. About that. The only positive good thing out of the Jackets signing of it is we signed forward Gustav Nyquist, formerly of Detroit, was playing with San Jose at the trade after the trade deadline. Now he's playing with Columbus. Now he's a good player. He really is. But there is so many good pieces out there. Mark Mathot is still available with with Dallas. You also have, of course, in Detroit, you've got good options as well. Two young guys, Nicholas Cromwell, as well as Thomas Vanek, who used to play with Columbus. Yeah, Mitch Callahan with the, the Oilers. That would be a great sign. By the way, the Bobrovsky deal was a seven-year contract, folks. Seven years. Jackets need a goaltender. How about Peter Budai from the Kings? Or Antti Niemi. From Montreal. He'll get you some, he'll get you the job done. Duchesne was a seven year deal, by the way. I had to pass that along. So Bobrovsky, seven years. Duchesne, seven years. Panarin, that was a a four year deal. Jacob Truba's available for the Rangers. I like to see him in a jacket jersey. That would be kind of cool. There is so many options for this team. And Yarmo's got to get this team together. Because we're only a month and a half away from the start of training camp, folks. And the start of the new season. We're underway in the new season already because we're seeing all these players getting moved here, there, and everywhere. And Jumbo Joe Thornton hasn't gotten a contract yet. 
But I don't see the Jackets. If the Jackets signed Joe Thornton, it'd be just a mess. I think, you know, the defending Stanley Cup champions in St. Louis, Jared Coro is available. And I've seen him play with, 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 uh, with Toledo for the longest period of time. I'd like to see him in a Union Blue jersey. He'd be a good fit as well, too. But, of course, you know, that's just the way things happen. So the Jackets are going to be a new team this year. An absolutely new team this year. The question is, the question is whether or not they're going to be competitive on the ice. And looking at some of the lining, the line perspectives of the whole situation, I mean, it just doesn't, it just doesn't look good. It really doesn't. And it's, it, it, it's scary. We are 88 days from the start of the season. 88 days from the start of the season. I don't know. I, I, I just don't know. And you know, and Mitch Martyr hasn't signed yet with the with the with the uh with the lease yet. But we'll see. That's why we've got we got a month and a half. Folks, we got a month and a half left to go. But you're listening to all Andy Elford tonight right here on the Anchor Network. Whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, however you're listening to me, wherever you're listening to me. Thank you for tuning in. And uh, let's dive a little bit more into um, the NHL draft, as well as we'll talk a little bit more about the free agency that's going on. So we're diving more into this. And, and I said it earlier in this podcast, too, that I don't think the Jackets are going to make the playoffs. This year, and I will say that I will stick with that. Now, I'll 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 go re I'll save this portion of the podcast for when April hits next year, and I'll I'll replay it and I'll say it again, and I'll say it again. I don't think Columbus will make the postseason this year. I really don't, and it's sad to see such a good team. Just be absolutely dismantled because of players. And and by the way, to continue a little bit on the jacket page, I know we're we're into a new segment. Uh, Sonny Milano was arrested in New Jersey along with a uh, player from the Colorado Avalanche in a bar fight incident. The jackets are aware of the situation. They are working on 
getting some information and some status information regarding that. And um, we'll pass it along on our Twitter account, which is at AllAndyAlfred. It is at AllAndyAlfred for later information. But, of course, like I mentioned before, free agency is still going on. Some of the big players that are still out there. Um, looking at it, I mean, they're seeing a lot of people that are moving around a little bit. Nothing really big names besides Joe Thornton jumping out, of course. Like I may mention, Calgary has uh, Lyndon Vay, Marcus Holgram available still. Uh, Carolina has Justin Williams still available. By the way, Curtis McElhaney, the former Jacket goaltender and and uh, Carolina Hurricane signed with Tampa Bay. That's a surprise. Peter Morazic re-signs with the... With the Hurricanes, Chicago Carpenter agrees to Ryan Carpenter agrees to a three-year deal. Uh, Robin Leonard signs to a one-year deal. Cap signs to a two-year deal. Here's the available player, Andrew Campbell. Yeah, Peter Holland. Some big names that left. Brandon Davis signs with Calgary. Andreas Martinson signs with Anaheim. You have Tyler Shakura still available. Cam Ward is available. Chris Kunitz. Is available as well too. I know uh, that's a name. The shocks to me for Columbus. Derek Broussard's available. Do you want Derek Broussard back, folks? For the Leafs, looking at Toronto's list, are available still. Up. Michael Hutchinson's still available. Jake Gardner is still available. Like I said. Uh, Mitch Martyr still available as well, too. Cody Cece. Steven Oletsky is available, too. Uh, Vegas. A lot of players still available. Of course, Derek England. Timu Pickenin. Uh Washington. Not that many left. Devontae Smith-Pelly's available. Parker Nylander is available. Uh, Cody, Kobe Williams is available as well, too. Unrestricted free agents, uh, Mason Mitchell and Hampus Gustafsson. Winnipeg doesn't really have that much to pass, but I mean, we'll see. We'll see. We, there's still a lot moving, a lot of moving parts going on. Uh, looking at the NHL draft from this past year, of course, the big move, of course, it was noted that, you know, that Kako Kako was going to go number two, of course. Um, New Jersey went easy with their draft. They picked the number one draft pick overall. I knew that was going to happen. And For me, the surprise, though... The surprise, though, for me was who Detroit picked. Of course, Jack Hughes going number one. He is still unsigned. Uh, Kirby Dank from the Chicago Blackhawks. He signs a deal, a three-year entry-level deal uh, with the Chicago Blackhawks, of course. Um, 
But like I said, Detroit goes with this kid out of the German League. Um, Morty Sander. Uh, and I think he could be a player for Col- for Detroit. He's 6'4", 183 pounds. He's 18 years of age. He can. St- I think he could start in in Grand Rapids if they want him there. But it looks like he's going to stay one more season over in Germany in Mannheim in the top league. Uh, you also have, of course, Matthew Bodie from Minnesota. He's committed to play at Boston College. Spencer Knight from Boston College. Cameron York. Signed, unsigned, but he's going to play with Michigan. I mean, we'll, we'll see. We'll absolutely see what happens. Um, but yeah, the draft was took place last time we spoke, and um, Jackets didn't really make that big of a move. They've only picked up one draft pick, and it was a defenseman, so it really wasn't a big move for Columbus in that aspect, but you know, we should see what happens. Um, like I mentioned, the season is getting closer. We're getting closer to, tra- to uh, we're about a month and a half away from training camp starting. And we'll get preseason games in. But we'll see what happens. And you can follow all the trade moves and all the free agency on our Twitter. It is at AllAndyElford. It is at AllAndyElford. And on the podcast right here. So you're listening to All Andy Elford tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podcast Now, however you're listening to me, wherever you're listening to me, thank you for tuning into the program. And now let's hit the diamond, a special event happening over in Cleveland this week, and that is the Midsummer Classic, and that is the All-Star Game. So we are all in and all ready to go for this weekend this week that is the MLB All-Star game it is now officially technically officially hitting the halfway point of the baseball season of course and looking back at some of the games of course this past weekend was the final matchups between the Indians and the Reds for the Ohio Cup the Indians taking both games of the series and crushing the Reds in the final game of the series yesterday, 11-1. Bauer gets the win. He goes to 8-6 with a 3.61 ERA. Mile gets the loss. He goes to 2-9 with a 4.47 ERA. Kipnis, his 7th. Greg Allen, his 2nd. Bowers, his 11th. And Naquin, his 7th home run of the game season. No home runs hit for the Reds in the game. So, of course, the Indians on the winning page. On the opposite side of Lake Erie, of course, is the Detroit Tigers. The Tigers continuing their woes of a season. They hosted a four-game series against the Boston Red Sox and could not see themselves getting anything going. They lost yesterday 6-3 to the Red Sox. David Price, the win, he goes to 7-2 with a 3.24 ERA. Soto, the loss, he goes to 0-3 with an 8.14 ERA. Hembry, the save, his second of the season. Brandon Dixon, his 12th of the season for the Tigers, homering in the game. But Vasquez for Boston, his 14th of the season, propels the Red Sox 
to the 6-3 win in Motown against the Motor City Kitties. And Detroit is hurting, folks. This is ridiculous. And and I got a tweet the other day from my old broadcast partner, Nick the Money Man Devera. Of course, they made a po they made a post and they made an announcement yesterday. Al Avila, the general manager of the Detroit Tigers, re-sign gets a re-signed deal with the Tigers. And to that I say what the hell? And then I read a report today that the Tigers farm system is bet has been better in the last 20 seasons than it has been in its entire career. Oh, uh, excuse me? This guy doesn't know a ball player from a regular Joe Schmo that walks on the on the street. Hell, he'd give Mike Mondragon a contract in a heartbeat. And Mike would probably strike out nine times out of ten. This team is not... The Detroit Tigers are now... They used to be so dominant with Leland as the helm. You had Cabrera was imposing. You had Ordonez... You had, you had the dominant pitching that it was back in the in the early in the middle two thousands in the late two in in the end of the teens, and now it's become a joke. When Brad Osmus came in and getting swept four games in a row to the Giants, losing to Baltimore in a sweeping fashion in the in the division series. Hell, haven't been since, haven't been relevant in the last four years. And Detroit is absolutely terrible. They are 28 and 57 this season. At the halfway point of the season. 26 games out of first place. Losers of last three. Their run differential is a negative 159. It's only going to get better, Ian. No, it's not. It's not going to get better. There is bright spots in, in Toledo with Jamer Candelario that's up here. You're, he's hitting the cover off the ball up in Detroit. But there's nothing else there. Mikey Montuk is a joke of a player down in down in Toledo. Uh, Doa Lugo is up and down more than a yo-yo and on a on a on a bender. It's absolutely absolutely horrendous. Absolutely horrendous. It's sad to see Detroit being this way. There's some bright spots out of the whole American League Central, and that is that the Indians, at one point, were 11 games out of first place at the middle and the beginning of June. They're now five and a half out of first place. 
at 50 and 38. They have won six of their last 10 games, folks. The Indians are for real. They're getting hot at the right time. Minnesota still holds the front running in the Central at 56 and 33. Cleveland is 50 and 38, five and a half out. The White Sox, to me, are a surprise. They're 42 and 44, 12 and a half games out of first place, but they're seven games back in the wild card spot. Anything could happen in the wild card spot. Of course, Kansas City, a joke of a team, 30 and 61, 27 games out of first place. Now you're saying, Andy, but Detroit is in last place, Andy. They're 28 and 57, 26 games out of first place. Detroit has played less games because of rainouts. Kansas City has played more games. Looking at the American League East, the Yankees still on top at 57 and 31. Tampa is the surprise, 52 and 39, six and a half games out of first place. The Red Sox are 49 and 41, nine games out of first place, two games out of the wild card spot. Toronto 34 and 57, 24 and a half games out of first place. Baltimore 27 and 62, 30 and a half games out of first place. The, for me, the race is between. Because right now the wild card would look like this. Tampa would hold the edge and host the the game, the play-in game against the Indians in the, in the wild card game. The West, Houston controlling, 57-33. and 33. Oakland, 50-41, and 41, seven and a half out, game and a half out of a wild card spot. Texas, 48-42, nine games out of first place, three games out of a wild card spot. The Angels, one game under 500 at 45-46, and 46, 12 and a half out. Six and a half out of a wild card spot. Seattle, 39 and 55, 20 games out, 14 games out of a wild card position. Now let's go to the senior circuit. We'll start with the East first. Atlanta, I think Atlanta's division is to win. 54 and 37, they're in first place. Washington's in second at 47 and 42. They're six games out of first place, but they're leading in the wild card race at a half a game. Philadelphia with Bryce Harper. The Phillies are, you know, are there. They're 47 and 43. They're six and a half out of first place, but they're holding the second wild card position. The Mets, I'm sorry, Andy Mars, 40 and 50, 13 and a half out. I think the Mets are done. The Mets aren't coming back. Seven games out of a wild card spot. They have a chance to get it back into the wild card spot. And we know we still have two months of baseball left to play. I don't think the Mets will get there. Neither will the Marlins. The Marlins are done for 33 and 55, 19 and a half out, 13 games out of first place. The West pretty much wrapped up. I think the Dod- the Dodgers are going to win the West. 16 and 32. Arizona, not even close to them. They're one game over 500 at 13 and a half games out of first place. A game and a half out of a wild card spot. And they're 46 and 45. San Diego is a surprise. Manny Machado is helping the, that team out. They're at 500 at the break at 45 and 45. 14 games out of first place, two games out of a wild card position. Colorado is 44 and 45. 14 and a half games out, two and a half out of a out of a wild card spot. San Francisco, Chris Russo's team is not going to make it. 41 to 48. 17 and a half out, five and a half out of a wild card spot. Now we look to the National League Central. This division, to me, is wide open. I have to say this because of the following. The Reds have turned it on lately, and I've been watching more Reds baseball than anything else because the Tigers have been rained out, of course, and I've been watching the Reds against the Indians, and I feel like the Reds are starting to make the turn. 
That's why I'm going out on this prediction. I think the Reds can get the second wild card position. Their schedule lines up for them to do it. And here's why I say that. Cincinnati's division, it's a slugfest. The Cubs are going to slug each other out. The Brewers are will win the division. The Brewers are going to win the division. Here's what the for the Reds. And this is why I said the Reds have a little bit of an easier go for that. They have three against the Rockies, three against the Cubs. They come back to play to play St. Louis, and then they go on the road to play Milwaukee. Well, it'll, that the week of the fifteenth through the twenty fourth will be the determining factor of this team is legitimate or not. They're home to play Colorado for three. Three at home against Pittsburgh. And we get into August. Four against the Braves. You're not going to win those games. I don't think the Braves The Braves will roll over them. Two against the Angels. That will be a surprise game. Angels aren't that great this year. Four against the Cubs. Three against the Nationals. Now the Nationals could be in it. It could be out of it. Four against the Cardinals, three against the Padres, and then you've got three against the Pirates in Pittsburgh, four against the Marlins, four against the Cardinals, or the doubleheader in August, late August, on Labor Day weekend, and then you have four against the Phillies, three against against the Diamondbacks, three games in Seattle, three games in Arizona. You finish the season. Three games against the Cubs, three games against the Mets, the final homestand of the season, four, three games against the Brewers, and then you go to Pittsburgh for the final three games of the season in September. I think that the Reds can do it. I really do. The schedule lines up for them to do it. Now you're saying to you're saying to me, Andy, well, what about the what about the the the, the Cubs? What about the, I mean, the Cubs are going to be a good team. The Cubs can't find pitching. Their pitching is lackluster. And yes, you say, oh, they're atop of the, they're, they're atop of the division right now. Whoever has the division lead at the 4th of July usually wins it. You lost two games to the White Sox this past week. The White Sox, your South Side rivals. Here's the schedule for the Cubs, and we'll 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 talk about how the car, the Reds are in this here in just a second. They have once they come out of the All Star break, which is on Friday. They'll have three against the Pirates, three at home against the Reds, three against the Padres. They go to San Francisco. They go to Milwaukee. They go to St. Louis. Okay. Three against the Brewers, three against the Athletics. That's a big one. Four against the Reds, four at Philadelphia, three at Pittsburgh. Okay. Three at home against the Giants. Three against the Nationals. That's a big series right there at the end of August. The Mets at City Field 
three-game series. That's going to be an interesting one. Uh, Labor Day weekend sees them at home against the Brew Crew. Then they welcome in Seattle for two games. They go to Milwaukee for four. Go to San Diego for four. They are home to play Pittsburgh for three. Home to play Cincinnati for three. Home to play St. Louis for four. Then they finish on the road in September. Three against the Pirates. Three against the Cardinals. I mean, the Cubs have the better setup. But think about this. The Reds have got the Angels. They've got the Mariners. They've got... They've got they got the Marlins for four. I see the Reds getting the second wild card position and playing the Cubs. Now the the Cardinals and the Pirates are going to battle each other out, and I think the Reds are going to surge. I think the Reds are going to be the team to watch out for in the second half of the season. I really do. the The pitching is there. Sonny Gray's getting into his into his into his rhythm. You also have Joey Votto and Yasiel Puig, the one-two combo that they've got. you got Derek Dietrich as well, too. I mean, this team is, I think, ready to go. But we'll see. We'll absolutely see. But So if I looked at it right now, there's three teams still, in my opinion, that are legitimate World Series contenders. The Yankees are one. The Dodgers are two. And I would throw out... Oh, there's four, actually. The Astros. And for me, the fourth team out there that is legitimately a contender would be the Brewers. Yelich, need I say more? But we'll see what happens. We have a whole second half of the baseball season yet to come. And it's going to be a fantastic run. But we have, of course, happening tonight is the MLB All-Star Home Run Derby Contest. Eight sluggers. It's going to be a bracket system. Chapman from the A's is the number one overall seed. He'll take on Vladimir Guerrero Jr. as the eighth seed. Alex Bergman versus Jock Peterson. Bergman from Houston. Peterson from the Dodgers. The hometown boy, Carlos Santana. It's the seventh seed. He'll face Alonzo. That's the number two seed from the Mets. Josh Bell, the former Ohio State Buckeye. is the three seed. He'll face Ronald Acuna. I think my prediction, i like to see it be Guerrero Jr. versus Acuna Jr. That would be a great slugfest. I think Santana can get past the second round past the first round but we'll see we'll absolutely see and speaking of baseball we're going to have a special show on Thursday yours truly and the former broadcast partner of yours truly Nick the money man DeVera MLB blog writer of course and the former baseball hipster will be joining me we're going to be talking about the first half of the season who we think are our winners and losers, of course, for the first half, as well as talk about the trade deadline and so much more. That's on Thursday's special edition of All Andy Alfred. You can't afford to miss Thursday's show. So get your uh, get your popcorn ready and uh, 
if you have any questions for Nick and as well, uh, send them away via Twitter. It is at all Andy Elford. It is at all Andy Elford. And you're listening to the podcast All Andy Elford tonight right here on the Anchor Network. And that is either on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podcast Now, however you're listening to me, wherever you are listening to me. Thank you for tuning into the program. And now let's talk a little bit about some football. Both kinds, of course. So congratulations are in order as as the Women's World Cup is officially done. Took place last yesterday afternoon in France as the United States Women's National Team took on the Netherlands. The Netherlands, this is their first ever Women's World Cup appearance in the final and the U.S.'s fourth appearance in the final. And the U.S., Beats the Netherlands by a score of 2-0. Megan Rapino again, a core, core person, a core player. She scores on a penalty kick to set the scoring up for the United States. And... And Rose Nelson scoring in the second half as well. And helping Team USA propel to win the four, their fourth straight Women's World Cup. Four straight, folks. Unbelievable. Megan Rapino winning the Golden Boot which is the most valuable player through the tournament and the well-deserved of it. She's had almost a goal in every game. So the Women's World Cup winning in the U.S. Winning, winning the Women's World Cup. And uh, truly a pleasure to watch this, watch this, these games over in France and the, the, the French people absolutely loving every minute of it. Loving every minute of it. And it's truly, truly great to see them strive and perform well and um, not getting paid, though. But they have they have put the tone and have shooken up everything. And now you're seeing more of an equal pay situation when it comes to women's sports. You're seeing now in the next Women's World Cup, the prize will now be 40, excuse me, 60 million dollars. For the winning team, of course, it's not going to surpass what the men are making still right now at $444 million is what the going rate will be for the 2022 Men's World Cup. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens with it going forward. And speaking of the men's side of things, the U.S. men were in the Gold Cup, which is the tournament that's happening around the United States. And, of course, they battled it out for the final last night at Soldier Field in Chicago, Illinois. But Mexico prevailing, winning their game, winning the game 1-0 by jo- uh, Jonathan Dos Santos. It was a good goal on, on, on net. And he, that goal propelled Mexico to win 
the Gold Cup at Soldier Field last night one to nothing. It was intense, it was physical, and the U.S. falls to it. They had chance after chance, and they couldn't capitalize on it. It was a tough match for the U.S., but, but the team competed well. The chances on goal dwindled throughout the game for them. But, uh, yeah, it is um, Mexico winning one nothing over Team USA in the men's side. So, soccer is done, or El Football is done. So now we transition from one foot from the international football game to the American football game, and that is the game on pigskin. And we'll talk specifically about Bowling Green and NCAA college football. We are now officially 48 days away from opening kickoffs in the college football season. Look it up, folks. 48 days. Unbelievable. And to say that Bowling Green, BGSU's football team, now has the number one recruiting class, it's saying a lot. And it's the truth. BG has the number one recruiting class coming in next season to the Mid-American Conference. At the time of Scott Leffler's position, they were near dead last in the Mid-American Conference. They are now number one. Absolutely unbelievable. It tells you that the recruiting and the teachings and the fact that this guy actually knows his stuff about recruiting says a lot. Says a lot. And to say that this team is is ready, I I, I can totally believe it. I'm ready for the season to start. I can't. I I honestly can't wait for this football. I I hope to goodness that that it's that it's gonna live up the hype. And Bowling Green definitely deserves. The high praise. Now, are they picked to win it all? According to Phil Steele, no. They're not predicted to win it all in the Mid-American Conference. I, I, I look at the schedule. And I could be honest with you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna predict the schedule now. They open up on the 29th of August. At home against Moorhead State. That's a win. They go to Manhattan to play Kansas State. That's a loss. At home to Louisiana Tech. I think that's a win. 
That's two wins right there. Off the road at Kent State, 3.30 kickoff. That's a win. At Notre Dame, that's a loss. October 12th against Toledo, that could be a win. That's a toss-up for me. At home against Central Michigan, that's a win. At the, On the road at Western Michigan, that's a loss. At home against Akron during the week, that's a, that's a win. At Miami, that's a win. At Ohio, that's a loss. I mean, at home against Ohio, that's a loss. And at Buffalo, that's a loss. So looking at it, one, one, two, three, two, four, five, four, six, seven, five, eight, eight and five. I'm more pouring towards I'm more towards uh, a, a seven and six record or uh, excuse me six and six record six and six maybe seven and five bowl eligible would be would be outstanding but five and seven I would be okay with because it's the first year with this with the new regime in I think Morgan State is a win, and I think Louisiana Tech is a definite win. Everything else is a crapshoot. The Notre Dame game is a loss. Kansas State is a loss. Kent State, that's a possible win. The Toledo game, possible win. Central Michigan, possible win. Western Michigan, that's a loss. Akron, like I said, a win. Miami is a win. Ohio, at home, that's a win. At Buffalo, it's a loss. So, eight and four. No, I don't see that eight and four. I see it more of a seven and five and a six and six season for this team. I really do, and I hope that Bowling Green does do well. And we're going to be along for the ride with this. We're going to roll along with this team, and as we are getting closer, the twenty eighth of August, first kickoff against Morgan Morgan State, and yours truly will be. Giving you all the un- the necessary stuff when it comes to that. As you're listening to All Andy Alfred tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podcast Now, however you're listening to me, wherever you're listening to me, thank you for tuning in. And now it's time to hit the links. The Marathon Classic is in town. A great tradition in the Northwest Ohio golf scene from the beautiful hills that are Ottawa Hills to the concrete potholes of Toledo, Ohio, from the beautiful lake and bay in Oregon, Ohio, to the beautiful monument of our nation in Perrysburg, Ohio, and the beautiful greens that run through Sylvania comes a golf course unlike any other. The Highland Meadows Golf Course in Sylvania, Ohio. And this beautiful course has a backdrop unlike any other for the best golf weekend in the city 
as well as in Ohio itself. This is the Marathon Classic, presented by Dana, here in Sylvania, Ohio, at Highland Meadows Golf Course. Hello again, friends. This is Andy Alfred, coming to you from beautiful Highland Meadows Golf Course for another year of this beautiful tournament. Day one of the tournament is scheduled to start Thursday, but all the festivities are beginning now with the first day of Pro-Ams happening today. As well as a Pro-Am happening at 1.30 this afternoon. Tomorrow the 9th sees practices all day at Highland Middles. The golfers and caddies getting used to the greens. As well as having a Pro-Am at Toledo Country Club at 9 a.m. As well as at Sylvania Country Club and having a putting event on the main putting green here at Highland Meadows. While also having a women's summit as well at Highland Meadows later on at 11 a.m. the next morning before the big party happening at Huntington Center tomorrow night at 6.30. Wednesday sees an all-day pro-am sponsored by Buckeye Broadband. The top 60 LPGA golfers will be participating and then the ladies will hunker down and get ready for the first round on the 11th of July. As it will be Kroger's Senior Day for the tournament. Second round sees yours truly, of course, at the ninth hole, broadcasting the podcast. As it will be Mascot Day as well as a special high school golf team luncheon. While putts and pars for the family zone... Great for kids to learn the game of golf as well. Saturday sees the third round action being the Toledo Blade Day and College Day. And if you have a college ID, active college ID, you get in for free and free parking and discounts, food, and beverage. And Sunday, we will find out who will be lifting the trophy and taking home the purse as it will be the final round and championship celebration sponsored by the Toledo Clinic. The final players have been announced for this year's Marathon Classic. Of course, who can forget the fan favorites of Stacey Lewis, Paula Kramer, and Lexi Thompson. But will it be a new face? Will it be Brooke Henderson? Will it be Austin Nerns? Will it be Sue O? Will it be the defending champion Chella Choi? Or Jasmine Suonapora, the defending champion from last year? Will she lift the trophy again? Will it be Emma Talley? Or Miriam Lee? How about Paul Kramer lifting it up again? Morgan Pressel. Kristen Gilliam. Charlotte Thompson. Allison Lee. And Lena Strom. But you can't also forget about the, the players that are hanging around that could win it all 
and be the surprise. Like a Cheyenne Knight or a Catherine Perry. And who else can you not forget about Karen Chung and Lauren Kim? And don't forget Cheyenne Woods. Laura Diaz and Natalie Gulbis are all in this field. And don't forget Allie White from Lancaster, Ohio. All these players battling to lift the trophy come Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, excuse me, at Highland Meadows Golf Course in Sylvania, Ohio. Tickets are still available for this event by visiting MarathonClassic.com or visiting your local Kroger store for two-for-one weekly grounds tickets. And 100% of the proceeds go to charity. A tradition unlike any other in the Northwest Ohio golf scene is the Marathon Classic. And all Andy offered will give you the free previews as well as all the information you'll need. It's going to be a fun ride. And enjoy this, the Marathon Classic 2019. As you're listening to All Andy Alford tonight right here on the Anchor Network, you just heard the Marathon Classic preview, of course, here on the podcast. Like I mentioned before in the in the, in the in the spiel, we will be at Highland Meadows Golf Course on Friday. We'll be sitting up between the ninth hole as well as just walking around the grounds, yours truly and, Mrs., and the missus coming along with us. Hopefully we get to see you out there for on Friday on cut day of the tournament looking forward to being there and we will have a special show on Sunday to recap the tournament you can't afford to miss it so uh, I'm looking forward to that you're listening like I said all the offer right here on the anchor network whether it be on iTunes Spotify Google Podcasts, podcast now however you're listening to us wherever you're listening to us thank you for tuning in and now we've hit the end of the program it's time to talk about Andy Rance so you're listening to all Andy Elford tonight, and we're now at the end of the program. It's time for Andy Rants. Of course, I want to thank you for tuning into the program. A full week of shows, like I mentioned before. We will have a special edition of all Andy Elford on Thursday. An interview with Nick the Money Man DeVera, formerly the baseball hipster. We're going to recap the first half of the MLB season. Our takeaways and everything going on course we'll talk about the trade deadline as well as uh early award winners and surprise teams and the letdowns as well as you name it we'll talk about it on about mlb baseball on thursday like i mentioned friday we will be at highland meadows for a special edition of all andy elford from the ninth hole looking at the backdrop at the ninth hole for another edition of All Andy Elford to talk about 
the Marathon Classic, as it will be cut day for the tournament. And then Sunday, to wrap it all off for the tournament and to wrap up the weekend that is in the Northwest Ohio Sports. And by the way, i got to make mention of this too. After the Marathon Classic, next week, the U.S. Amateur Open is happening at Inverness Club. It will happen all week from Monday to Sunday. It's a free event all weekend. The best amateur golfers in the nation are going to be at Inverness. It's free to get in. There will be no ropes, so you can walk with the players and walk with the greens. So it's something that you would, I would honestly uh, recommend doing if you're going to uh, stay in the area and watch all this golf that's happening. But uh, uh, it's time for Andy Rance. And first and foremost, like I said, thank you for tuning in tonight. And thank you for subscribing to the podcast. Um, had some life-changing um, moments happen to me recently in my life. And uh, if you haven't listened to the podcast, I always say, uh, I love you, babe, at the end. And I tell that to my my uh, my beautiful girlfriend, Amanda. And uh, Amanda and I have... Uh, taken the full step now and uh i asked her to be my wife and i uh, proposed to her on our last on our trip up to frankie Muth, and she said yes and i am absolutely thrilled so uh, my fiance and i will be at the golf course on friday watching the marathon classic and um it is a uh, truly a blessing to have her and to be a part be a part of her family and her and our our family's coming together. It's absolutely amazing, and um, I'm just uh, overly excited and overly blessed to have not only a woman that loves me, but also a woman that cares about me. And as well as I'm probably I'm marrying my best friend, and I can't believe I'm I'm I'm, I'm, I'm I feel like I'm the luckiest guy in the world when it comes to that. And uh, I love you, love you, Amanda. And um, I can't wait to spend the rest of my life with you. I can't. I can't wait. Um, sorry to get emotional there, folks. But um, yeah. Uh, this whole week has been absolutely amazing. Uh, with her and um, all the planning that's going on too at the same time now with this, you know, I'm not going to neglect you guys. I know I felt neglected when I told you we were going to do a show up in Frankenmuth and I do apologize for that, but, um, I had other things in my mind and, um, yeah, it's pretty much all that for that, but, um, they go on the sports side of things. The way that our Temi Panarin just basically diss the city of Columbus and diss this this team absolutely hurts. This is a guy who I thought and everybody thought was a nice guy, and he's not. He's an absolute prick. I don't like him. I didn't like him when he was in Columbus. I never did. Um... And the fact that this guy said that comment to the New York media really hurts. 
So that's why I said December 6th is a big day as a Jacket fan. So we could retaliate towards him. And I don't mean like throwing stuff at him or, you know, yelling at him. Well, yeah, you could boo him and yell at him and stuff like that, but just don't hurt him. Of course, dates to look at when it comes to that. Matt Duchesne and the Nashville Predators come to Nationwide Arena on March 14th. But this is the big one, folks. It will be on February 4th. The day after my birthday, the day before my fiance's birthday, the Florida Panthers come to Nationwide Arena and Sergei Bobrovsky's return to Nationwide. Now, it will be interesting to see how the fan reaction is going to be to that. I think he's going to get a standing ovation. If he stayed in Columbus, he was going to get, a, in my opinion, the standing ovation. And... And I thought he would get his jersey retired as a, as a jacket. Really did. And to say that I was hurt when he left, I was, I was really hurt. But, um, you know, you got to do what you got to do. And um, it's sad to see him go. And we'll, we'll see what happens. I hope you guys had a good holiday, of course. Um, we'll be back again, like I said, Thursday for a special edition of All Andy Alford with Nick the Money Man DeVera. You can send your Twitter questions to us at All Andy Alford. It is at All Andy Alford for all MLB questions, as well as we'll talk a little bit about our show life together. And um, looking forward to that as well. So until Thursday when I talk to you guys again, I am Andy Alford saying I'm pulling for you. We're all in this together. The game of life. Keep your stick on the ice. And to the teams that you root for at home, the my teams, the Tigers. Come on, Tigers! Get going, please! Go Tribe! Go Hens! Even though they're pretty much done for. Go Falcons! And go Jackets! Victory is sweetest when you have tasted defeat. Have a great week, everybody. I'll talk to you guys again on Thursday for another edition Follow Andy Alford and follow Andy on Twitter. It is at all Andy Alford. It is at all Andy Alford and use the hashtag AAA live. This has been a presentation of the all Andy Alford network powered by anchor.